try it, you try it. All right, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Why'd you like it? Like you? Who the hell said I got to like you? Is that true? Do you like me? You like me right now. You like me. I like it a lot. He likes it. Because I like it. Welcome to I'm Trying to Like It, the podcast where two siblings, myself and Aaron, discuss all things pop culture or pop culture adjacent. We might disagree once in a while, but you can rest assured that we're both trying to like it. In this episode, Rory and I discuss the recently released to streaming Ethan Hawke thriller, The Black Phone. But first, we like them, we might even love them, but once is enough. We share our top five movies we never want to see again. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you know. Did you get Rickrolled? <laughs> yeah, just a tad. What? Just a tiny tad. Is up. Um. Oh, you know, just life in general. It's the last week of camp, and yeah, what are you gonna are... do after camp is over? Uh, we have all of our clubs. Okay, so those are like after-school clubs? Mm-hmm, yep. After-school clubs or when schools, like if we have um, like a winter storm or something like that, or uh, a teacher work day or something, then we put on different uh, like day day camps and stuff so like that there, that kids can sign up for. So if there's a winter storm, you guys are still on duty? Uh, I mean, it depends. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, must be a fascinating topic for you. I see how much you it love just, your work. It just you depends just have on. have real passion for these kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, okay? They've obviously worn you out. So. They have. They, it's only day two of week 12, and I am exhausted. That's... All 11 weeks, I have not felt this tired. But these past two days, I have just been, oh, God. So when I was Golly, in college, G-day. when I was in college, I, I did 10 weeks of camp um, one summer. And that was very exhausting also. Yeah, I was very I... sick of camp by the end of it. I've the done everything. Is, I... is... No, go ahead. Keep going. I've done everything I can to avoid uh, spending time at a camp <laughs> since then, I think. <laughs> was that Camp Sayokomo? Uh, yeah, so there was Camp Sayokomo. Now, I don't want to speak ill of Camp Sayokomo. I love it. But, man, a whole summer there, that was plenty. And then, actually, though, I was referring. To, I did that one summer. And then the next summer, Sayokomo did not wear me out, actually. It was camp teams. When I was in college, I was on this team. And we traveled. Maybe the traveling's what did it, too. But... We traveled from one camp to another camp all over the Midwest. So we'd spend a week at a camp and we would uh, basically we were advertising for my college, um, trying to get, you know, seniors in high school or juniors and seniors uh, in high school interested in, in, in going to my college. So, yeah, it, that wore me out. And um, so since then, yeah, I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time in camp. I've gone to some conferences and stuff with some teenagers uh, back when I worked 
out at a church in Colorado, but other than that, not not a whole lot. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> we've I I've lost staff like college kids that are either going back to college or it's their first year of college. And then it's the week before school starts. So like our bus drivers are gearing up for the school year and have meetings and trainings and stuff. And schools are trying to get their schools put together for the start of the year. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This is a busy time of year for parents with kids who are going to go off to school soon or um, anybody that works for schools. I know this is our orientation week on campus where I teach and we have a bunch of international students on campus um, and we are trying to get them all settled in and it's it's a busy time and I'm moving offices and that's busy because I have to pretty much do it on my own. Um, Take all your plants. Well, I'd already brought all my plants home at the beginning of the summer because uh, I don't I don't like to leave them unattended during the, the, the summer months when I'm not on campus. Um, didn't you basically leave them unattended because you were in the Philippines for so long? Well, that was part of it, yeah. But other the that that I almost always bring them all home o- over the summer. So, mm. but anyway, um, so <laughs> what? This what? was just a very. This conversation was mm, not our best. <laughs> not our best. This is not this is not riveting. If this is your first time to listen in, uh, give us another try. Hold on yeah. until next week. Uh, keep listening. You know it might get better. I don't know, but I mean, if you're not uh, riveted by just the pure exhaustion that we both feel from being uh, in the middle of busy uh, transitions uh, into the school year. Yeah. Then uh, maybe just hold on. Next week we are. Next uh, week we'll might be, be a. Next week might be a a better week. Um, might be a little <laughs> bit less tired. I don't know. I could be more tired. Uh, you'll, however, have to, you'll have to tune in and find out. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week to find out what our energy level <laughs> it's is. It's a cliffhanger. Like. Will we be cliffhanger. more tired next week? Or will we be just as tired <laughs> or less tired? How many classes are you teaching? Uh, I will have... Um, Four or probably three or four, actually. Um, but okay. I have to combine two of my classes are so small that the university basically won't let me teach, like won't count one of them on its own. So I have to combine them. I mean, they're not actually physically combined, but like I just get credit for one class, even though I'm teaching two. So mm, okay. it's just okay. the way things go. But I had to, I kind of had to. Not fight for it, but I had to ask for that because otherwise they were going to cancel those classes. And I was like, I don't want to cancel them. Um, yeah. I'll just teach both of them and just count it as one and we'll call it good. So, Are you doing any of your cooking classes again this year? Not, not uh, this semester. This semester, I mean. Um, next semester. I do the food, culture, and society class in the spring. Food, so. culture, and society. And society. Um, society. Man, it is. Uh, there's a real storm whipping up outside right now. There's lightning, thunder, rain coming down. Oh, yeah, here in here in Carthage. So it might move your um, way pretty soon. Yeah, we had it earlier. 
Are you are you laughing about how this conversation still just going downhill? Like we went from plants, like moving plants, to like just the weather. We went from I'm low tired. energy exhaustion yeah. to moving plants to weather. <laughs> this is okay. Um, all right, we guys, need to just move on. We are now. we're just... just gonna move on to the topic of discussion, which is movies. I'd never watch again. Um, we're going to talk about our top five movies and movies. It sounded like I said something different. I did not. I said movies. Um, Aaron and I, we established that these are movies that we think are really good, are great movies, but they are just so traumatic, sad, um, edge of the seat, just kind of linger with you that we just one and done. Like we watched it once and it's something that we don't really want to watch again. Yep. yep. Um, so we're going to. Yeah. I would say I every, have, every movie on my list is something that I actually came away from uh, feeling like it was well above average as far as films. Like it, it these are like movies yes. that I really thought were done very well, but I just can't bring myself to ever watch them again. Yeah. They're impactful. Um, I've noticed that kind of. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Most of mine are not. <laughs> most of mine are not factual. I was gonna say most of mine are factual, but as I'm looking at my list, they're not um, really. I do have. I only have two, maybe three honorable mentions. Um, yeah. We'll just see how I. We'll see how I feel. But this was kind of hard for me to get down nitty gritty. Because yeah. I, I try not to watch these types of movies. Sometimes it just happens. Um, sometimes it so happens. sometimes um, it happens. I think I was I think I was quite excited to watch all of these movies the first time, and then once they were done, I was like, "Whoa, that was that was good." But man, never, never again. So yeah. Um, you want to um, kick off the list with your number five? Are we going to count down five to one? Yes, okay. we will count down five to one. Um, my number five. Uh, the title <clears throat> is deceiving. It is very deceiving. Um, it is a movie called Funny Games. Uh, it is not a funny movie at all. I I've think s- I watched this. I have seen when- it, and I would agree with you. Don't want to see. Yeah, it again. like yeah. it. <laughs> the name alone. If you are thinking, "Oh, this is a funny movie," no, it's not. It's not at all funny in any type of way. It is honestly very very huh. disturbing yeah but and I, very intentionally disturbing yes uh, i think you were the one that actually kind of because we had talked about it whenever mm-hmm. i watched it and i was like i i really thought i was going i watched this with one of my friends in colorado um whenever i was younger and i really i was super excited because i was like oh funny games yeah this is gonna be a good movie <laughs> no it was the worst is that like dumb um, and dumber it, all right yeah and so i remember talking to you about it and you had kind of said that the director made it the way it was to kind of entrance the audience and make the audience think why why, why are this, you watching this yeah yeah like why are you watching this why yeah. is there quote unquote enjoyment in right in it exactly because so. this basic the basic plot <clears throat> is there's a family that has a uh, vacation home 
And mm-hmm. so they are, it's kind of way out away from, you know, civilization. It's just out in the, the countryside somewhere. And they have gone out to this home to spend some weeks during the summer. And uh, when they get there, they're, they're settling in. It's a family. Uh, and as they're settling in, they are basically, um, uh, what's the word? Like, I guess, held captive by some. Yeah, um, pretty much. By a couple of young sort of i don't know teenage or college age kind of boys um young men young young men men who then proceed to kind of torture them as a family now i know that sounds awful and it is but the director really had a point in that film and the uh there's actually what what that film is sort of famous for is that it breaks the fourth wall Mm-hmm. And at at some point after you sat and you've watched this family be tortured for a good 40 minutes or so, um, the uh, one of the boys turns to the camera and starts speaking to you, the audience, and basically says, like, do you want me to do you want us to keep going? Do you want us to stop or do you want us to keep going? Are you enjoying this? Yeah. And it's kind of a uh, in an indictment of the audience. And it's kind of the uh, the director going like you paid to come and watch this how mm-hmm. sick are you <laughs> yeah and so yeah. it's very it is very disturbing but that's that's a great pick i i didn't i didn't think of it but i certainly agree with you that i would not want to watch it again yeah like i i i have never thought in my head i want to watch this ever because i think it just was so disturbing in my mind it's kind of like I, and the, this isn't on my list, but it, it kind of it's making me think of. Do you remember the movie The Strangers? Um, the Strangers. with Liv Tyler and uh, Luke Wilson, I think. No, it's not Luke Wilson. Um, I don't know I that I've seen it. I don't. I, it, it doesn't sound it's familiar. kind of the same thing where they're in they're in their house, and it's Liv Tyler and some I can't remember who it is, but. They're staying in a vacation home again. It's a it's a couple. And then these three masked figures come mm. and just kind of basically do the same thing. It kind of I don't know if they came out at around the same time. They may. I think the strangers oh, was after this does sound familiar. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it, but I yeah, it does sound familiar. Um, Yeah, I and I think the strangers, if that if it's the one I'm thinking of, it maybe came out a few years after. Uh, yeah, I games. honestly, but I think with funny games, I just, if I were to watch it, I just have to watch the end because I really don't remember what happens. Well, it really is pretty simple. Like it's just literally this, these, you know, young men treating this family very badly. Some of it's physical, but a lot of it's just mental, right? Like, yeah, a lot of it is super psychological. Yeah. So, but, um, that's a great pick. Uh, my number five is uh, a film I saw. I think it came out around 2003 or 2004 uh, called City of God. Um, mm. And I've got a quick description here. It depicts the growth of organized crime in the um, Cidadad de Dus of Rio de Janeiro. I'm sure that my pronunciation is awful. Um, and so it was released in i think like i said i think it was 2003 2004 but it covers a time span between the 1960s and the beginning of the 1980s um and it 
it sh- so what makes it something I never want to see again? It's it's <laughs> the the film is beautiful in one way. The people, a lot of the people are very beautiful to see, and there's so much diversity because Rio de Janeiro is a very diverse city. But it all takes place kind of in the slum. So there's a you know immense poverty that you have to kind of uh, mm-hmm. see on screen and depicted in a very um, you know confrontational kind of way almost. But the the violence that is perpetrated by children in this movie is what's the most disturbing, and it's because the gangs that have come into the city use children to basically commit their crimes. Um, and because the children are so desperate, I mean, this is all based on real events because the children are so desperate, like they are willing, you know, um, participants in basically gang warfare, um, with their peers, essentially. I mean, these are kids that are their same age. They should be playmates. And instead they become, you know, there's this kind of like this ongoing gang war. And, um, it's like I said, it's in some ways beautifully filmed and the people are beautiful. The kids are, you know, just amazing um, actors and uh, everything about it was done so well. The music was fantastic, but, but because you're seeing this horrific violence spurred on by this horrific poverty, uh, man, it's just, it's really haunting and you just can't, you can't, you don't want to relive it. And one thing, um, I remember walking out of, it was in Boulder, Colorado. I went to see this film at a little theater there. And uh, there was like three people in the theater that day. And I went to see like a matinee or something. And I remember very distinctly walking out of the theater and the, uh, (laughs) I looked over at just one of the other guys that had just seen the movie. He just looked at me and shook his head and he just said, damn. (laughs) (laughs) and i knew like we both just went through something together like (laughs) that we never want to return to um so yeah city of god it just was (laughs) it was just and i felt like that was such a fitting response because that i mean it really it just rocked you to your core to have to see what these kids the extent to which poverty had driven them to to you know this kind of violence so mm-hmm. yeah so that's my number five city of god okay i don't know if i've ever actually seen that movie well if you're brave enough I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, nope i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> no thank you um okay so my number four um is a uh, i don't want to say I don't want to say a classic Will Smith movie, but it is a really good um, movie that he is in. And that is Seven Pounds. Seven Pounds. Um, it's basically, here's, here's oh, the description. Yes, yes, yeah. A man with a fateful secret embarks on an extraordinary, extraordinary Extraordinary. Extraordinary. I don't know why that was so hard to say. Extraordinary journey of redemption by forever changing the lives of seven strangers. So he goes through something traumatic in his life and then he seeks out seven different people to receive um, his organs and different things. Uh, And so this is a movie that 
Oh, gosh. It is one of those movies that was a one-time watch, mm-hmm. and then I, I don't want to see it again. It was okay. so well done, but just too much. Is it... Uh, who's the co-star there? Zoe? Is it Zoe Saldana or... No, it's the girl It's the girl that looks like Zoe Saldana. It's Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, okay. And then Woody Harrelson is also in it. Okay, so I remember seeing that. I saw that with a friend in... I think we were in South Korea. And um, what I remember from that movie, and I don't remember that much, strangely, but um, I remember there's a scene in it where... The camera is super close up on Rosario Dawson's face. And, of course, we were seeing uh-huh. this in a theater, so it's magnified, you know, on this huge screen. And I remember it was one of the most – I remember talking about it with my friend afterwards. Actually, I think it was Jeju Dave um, that, that hey, I saw J. that Dave. with. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I remember I was talking about it. I doubt he remembers this. He might. but And we were talking about how how – kind of intimate that scene was there was no nudity or anything but just the fact that it's like this very close up you almost feel like you can see the blood almost like pulsing through the veins and like her temples and like it's it's like if you could just it's, it's like if you were like an inch away from her face and you're just studying her face and the camera doesn't move and um i mean if i'm remembering it right but that was a pretty intense scene and and that's funny that i don't remember that much else about the movie but i do remember that scene from it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the scene that i keep hitting my mic sorry everyone um i think the scene that i always remember is the jellyfish whenever he fills up the bathtub and then because he's it's the last one so he's trying Mm. to yeah yeah um basically commit suicide but he wants his it, it's an ice bath so he wants his organs to, and everything to all oh, stay oh that's right that's good right. and yeah. so but yeah. he electrocutes himself with the jellyfish and it's just so uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what a way to go <laughs> what a way to go you know <laughs> just over and over being electrocuted yeah all that stuff so number four seven pounds all right my number four uh, again, is based in reality, just like the city of God was for me. But it's um, United ninety three. Uh, it's a two thousand six docudrama thriller film uh, written and directed by Paul Greengrass. The film chronicles the events aboard United Airlines Flight ninety three, uh, one of the four hijacked flights during the seven, September eleventh attacks. Um, oh, yeah. So I went to see this with a film, a friend, uh, Jared Wilson, who I think is a listener and. Um, Hello, Jared Wilson. And uh, <laughs> we went to see this, and I remember um, uh, just feeling sick to my stomach afterwards. Um, you know, this was very much closer to the September 11th attacks. This came out five years after. And okay. I remember sitting in the theater, and um, what what struck me, I think, there were many, many scenes like small scenes where people were trying to make last phone calls or send text messages to their loved ones uh, when they finally, you know, they kind of knew, okay, this is going to be the end. We're going to try to attack the, uh, the cabin of, of this airplane and, and try to take it down so that it can't be used as a weapon basically. And uh-huh. the, you, they kind of, uh, you know, Paul Greengrass kind of follows this group of people. And these are all real people. I mean, these are people that really did these things and died in this flight. And um, there's a scene 
at the end where they take over the airplane. And uh, what I remember thinking was that it was so animalistic, the way they had the violence they had to use. This group of people were forced to become violent in a way to, to overcome their that these terrorists, um, they had to become like animals. They're kicking, scratching, uh, biting just to get to the cockpit so they could turn so they could commit suicide, essentially to save lives, you know, mm-hmm. and. I I felt so angry towards the terrorist in a way that I had not since September 11th. I think it reignited this anger that made me feel like, how dare you force people into that moment? Like that moment where they have to become violent. Like your violence has forced them to become violent. And it just, it just, really haunted me and and it's a movie that i've not even thought about going close to again i can't i cannot watch it and what's it uh, called again united 93 and um i don't think so jared and i went to see a lot of movies together and uh there's a friend from colorado we both love movies uh still do um but uh and we would usually like to talk about the movies after we watch them, particularly yeah. if it was a well done film, you know. And I remember we didn't talk about that one. We, it was almost like we couldn't. We just we couldn't talk about it, you know, um, because the emotion was that we I think we felt, you know. I I don't want to speak for him, but in that moment I was too overwhelmed. I think by what I had just seen and what I knew to have happened on that day. Yeah. That I just I couldn't talk about it. So anyway, yeah, United ninety three. It's it, it it's okay. done so well. It it deserved to be made for the people that did die that day. But I just can't can't go close to it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. My number three uh, is based on uh, a book. It is based on actuality. It is a biography, drama, history, and it is 12 Years a Slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man, lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped, sold into slavery. Well, boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon North. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. We're down to the river Jordan. Well, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to let you talk about it. But that's my number three as well. So we're, we're matching at, on this. Look at this us. Point. So go ahead. Um, say what you So it the, the plot of it is in the antebellum United States, Solomon Northup is a free black man from upstate New York and is abducted and sold into slavery. This movie, (laughs) I don't, I even thinking about this movie now, I know that this has, is kind of the start um, of Lupita, right? Yes. This was, she was nominated for best supporting actress for her role. in This is, this is her, this was her big break. It also has Chiwetel 
EGO four, I think that's EGO four. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Michael Fassbender, Brad Pitt, um, a bunch of really great actresses and actors and everything. And this, I've never read the. Have you read the book? No, I haven't. No, me neither. But this movie was just one of those movies that I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, I I watched it. Uh, at my house. Um, I think I watched it with a couple of other people. And I think from start to finish, I was just in tears the whole time. Yeah. I like, I don't think there was ever, <laughs> I don't think there was ever a moment whenever I didn't just feel so destroyed and just in disbelief that this was factual that it was actuality yeah. yep that, that it was, was a reality for that it was uh, an actual reality there we there we yeah. go yeah. words are hard it's, it's fine whatever um but so well done it, oh yeah it was brilliant it's, i this is probably the one on the list i don't know if i would i feel like this is the one that i would say if you haven't seen it i you you should see it um I wouldn't want to make anyone sit through City of God if they were really, you know, sort of, um, I guess, I guess if violence is very uh, traumatic, you know, if, if mm-hmm. de- depictions of violence are, are, are something that you're very sensitive to. Um, United 93, again, I just, you know, I don't know. There's something about 12 Years a Slave that I, I really feel like, even though I never want to see it again, I'm very thankful that it was made. <laughs> I'm thankful it was made, yeah. and I'm thankful that um, I got to see it. And I mean, there are so many amazing performances. Lupita Nyong'o's performance is unforgettable. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a hard film to watch, and yeah, it also, in some ways, you know, a connecting theme with United ninety three is. It, it it made me so angry, um, and again, kind of for a similar reason because the 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 enslaved people in the story who are were real people, um, they're forced to behave in ways that they would yeah. never behave animalistic uh, they, animalistic ways that they would never choose. Uh, but they are forced to because of the evil of their oppressors, right? The, there's this, the owners, the, mm-hmm. um, the society uh, of the American South at that time. So there was just a terrible, yeah. So it's just terrible to see humans placed in those situations where they are, um, forced to become something that is, um, you know, inhumane or, or I guess inhumane treatment of humans and it forces them to act in ways that I don't think they would if, if, if given a choice, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah just... So that's definitely, definitely uh, another one that, uh, I'm glad you put it on your list to, I didn't know if you had actually ever seen it. Cause I don't think we ever, yes. I don't think we've talked about it, but we haven't talked about it, but I have, I have seen it and it, what, mm. Rough, a rough one to watch, but I again, I I think like you, if if you haven't seen it, I mean, 
everybody has a general idea of slavery and everything that has happened. I yeah. mean, but what this, this does is just so realistic and so and, and so done, personal. It's very yeah, personal and, yeah. and done very personally that it is hard to watch. But if I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you have kids under the age of 16, they shouldn't. But then at the same time, it might be good for them to see it. I don't for, know. But not, not kids necessarily, but once they're, yeah, like, you know, 16, kids. 17 like years old. Yeah. Then I think nobody, that, yeah. Yeah. I think so, that would be, they, they should see it. And I, I think we should, we should be confronted by it. You know, I think that's healthy for us to be confronted by it. So, yeah, agreed. Um, oh. All right. Where are okay. we? So, we both did our number three. So it's we your, both did our number, your number three. Four so number two. Oh, I'm sorry. We're counting them down, not up. Yes, number <laughs> We're two. Going down, What's your not number up. two? Um, number two is honestly, I I'm on the fence about this being something that I never watch because let me just say that I've never watched it up until this point. But as I've been thinking about it, it is kind of something that I would like to watch. I think maybe, but it is the 2012 adventure drama fantasy called Beasts of the Southern Wild. So wait, you have not seen this? No, I have, but oh, I don't know have. if it's okay. something that I would never like. I don't know if oh, I would okay. never watch, not watch it again. Oh, like okay, I'm, okay. as I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like one of those where it, it hit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's something that if if I found it. I wouldn't be like, oh, let's watch it. So right, it's, right. it yeah. kind of teeters on that line, but it is basically faced with both her hot-tempered father's fading health and melting ice caps that flood her ramshackle bayou community and unleash ancient aurochs. Six-year-old hush puppy must learn the ways of courage and love. And it's funny because the little girl that plays hush puppy um, actually plays the daughter on 12 years a slave um margaret northup north oh really i didn't realize that she mm-hmm. was in both okay i i cannot quinvin shazane yeah zane <laughs> <laughs> wallace i don't know how to pronounce her name yeah um but this movie oh gosh it is it is just it's kind of one of those where the little girl is so she was such a good little actress and just everything that happens like you have community banding together but you also have all the struggles and everything she goes through as a little girl in living in the bayou where she doesn't have money and her her dad is mean and his health and all that stuff and yells at her and stuff like that i just i've this movie was just so well done but at the same time i really don't know i don't know if i would watch it again like uh it's 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 hard to put into like thinking about it if into words yeah what made it so great like yeah what made it great is just the story the storyline was just incredible like and it there was, was an incredible story yeah it really walks this line of like fantasy uh um, yeah 
because there are these beasts that, you know, that are not real, uh, you know, not real beasts yeah. <laughs> in the world. But, um, but there's also, it's a, and there's so, so there's sort of a fantasy element to it, but it's also very rooted in the culture of Louisiana and, mm-hmm. um, and a certain area, you know, Southern Louisiana around the coast. And, um, yeah, the performance by, uh, the the lead actress the little girl and I'm not going to try to say her name either but um, <laughs> is really unforgettable and the uh, I remember the soundtrack also being really, oh my gosh the soundtrack really good. was um, but what's crazy too is I think that film uh, had a very small budget and but made a huge impact and it mm-hmm. was so yeah I kind of get what you're saying like there's some movies you watch and it's not so much that they were traumatic. But it's almost like the emotions you felt while watching it were so yeah. overwhelming that you're not sure you're ready to like undergo that kind of emotional <laughs> exertion again or yeah. something. You know, I kind of <laughs> feel that yep. a comparable one for me, and it's not on my list, but I think of my response to the movie Lion. Have you seen that? Uh, I feel like I've heard of it, but I've not ever seen it. And uh, it, so it's the story of a boy who's adopt uh, a, a, a boy who's adopted. Uh, he gets separated from his family in India. Oh yes, and yes. he uh, gets lost basically, and eventually he's adopted by I think a family from Australia. Yep. And so he he decides as an adult with the support of his parents, his grown you know his his parents who are. Um, still his parents and loving and you're know, supportive and everything, but they, su- they support him in a decision to basically go and try to find his, his mother. And um, so it's just a story of him trying to find his mother and eventually spoiler alert, finding his mother, <laughs> uh, his birth mother. And, um, and yeah, I just remember watching it and like, I kind of had the same response you had with, Beasts of the Southern Wild, where it's like, or no, you mentioned uh, 12 Years a Slave, where it's like you never felt like you could kind of stop crying, you know? And for me, it was like just like this constantly, my eyes were just watery, (laughs) like wiping my (laughs) eyes the whole movie, trying just to see it because I want to see the screen clearly, you know? And uh, just, yeah, it was, I don't know why, it just hit in a way where I was like, I was just an emotional wreck at the end of it. And, uh, but, but it's a happy film. I mean, like ultimately, uh, it's not that it was, but I don't know that I'm ready to ever undergo that again. You know, it was just yeah. so, so emotional. I was just like, I just, I don't think I can do it, but yeah. so I get, I get yeah. that. It just, it's, it's a really good movie. So I highly, like, I really, I, hi- if you've not seen Beast of the Southern Wild, I highly recommend it. It's just, and it's not that it's, it's not that it's traumatic in any any way, shape, or form of like the last movies that we've right, mentioned. Right, right, yeah. It's not violent. Just, it not, just, yeah. yeah, it's not violent or anything. It's a six year old little girl who's trying to find her estranged mother and is going through what no six year old should have to go through. Um, yeah. It's just it's done beautifully. So that Beast of the Southern Wild is my number two. What is your number two? 
Uh, my number two is a movie, again, that I really, really liked, but I'll never watch again. Uh, the Witch <laughs> from 2015. Mm, um, it's not, Ro- mm. Robert Eggers' film. Uh, a family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. And uh, what I really appreciate about this movie, movie it's, it is it is very scary, right? So it's meant to be. Uh-huh. Um, I wouldn't. Maybe I would classify it as a horror film, but it's not a horror film in the traditional sense. Um, the most horrible thing about this movie is to watch this family being a tor- being torn apart um, by themselves, and and it's really the the father is a religious fanatic who is really dominated by fear, fear of uh, the devil, fear of witchcraft, fear of Anything that he doesn't quite understand, fear of mm-hmm. his own children turning uh, towards evil. He's afraid of everything. And he allows fear to overcome his even his love for his family. If I mean, at the point that we catch up with this family, I'm not sure how much love he still has left in him because he's so mm-hmm. fearful. Um, and through different circumstances um all related to the possibility of there being witches that are uh tormenting this family um he you know he he basically becomes the scariest character in the film um and um ba- basically because he's uh driven by this this fear um and he's willing to destroy his family for it uh you know, and so anyway, it's a very, it's again, great performances all around, very eerie film, a uh, very uh, scary, haunting uh, visuals and, and just, um, and, and a lot of really good writing. I think um, the, the filmmaker, Robert Eggers did a really good job of, of, he did tons of research into the dial, you know, the dialect of the people of that time. And so the, you almost have to watch with subtitles to understand what everyone's yeah. saying. And, um, but ultimately, um, it is really horrible. What ends up happening to this family, not, not in a, or I should say not only in a sort of a bloody violent way, because there is, there is violence. It's not, it's not a slasher film or anything, but it's, there is violence that occurs, but it's just, um, this kind of slow dismantling of this family and, uh, based around this father's fear of the outside world, basically. So, um, I, don't want to see it again. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to undergo that process. <laughs> like I don't want to see that happening over and over again to this family. Um, and uh, it, I do appreciate a lot about it. I appreciate the, the way that the filmmaker kind of leaves it up to you to decide right until the very end. He lets you decide like how much of this fear that the father has is legitimate and how much of it is in his own head. And, you can mm-hmm. kind of make some of those decisions as a viewer, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's well done, uh, but it's not something I want to experience again. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. 
Let us pray. My number one is uh, also a novel, and it is from 2008. This is also one that I was, I wouldn't say forced to watch, but I was, I watched it with a friend, um, and that would be The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Uh, I will never watch this movie again. It is... <laughs> the the plot if you've not ever seen or heard of it is through the innocent eyes of Bruno the 8-year-old son of the com- commandant at a German concentration camp a forbidden friendship with a Jewish boy on the other side of the camp fence has startling and unexpected consequences um the one thing that will always last with me forever is the ending and that is I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, when Bruno gets taken and ends up being gassed with the little boy um, and all the other Jews uh, and like that just just insane. It, it's so crazy to think that this was actual life. Um, yeah. And, and that it it was it. I guess in a way it was a long time ago, but at the same time, it wasn't that long ago. Um, And so just to know that this happened, yes, a long time ago, but not. And it's just, mm, it, it, yeah, it gets me every time I think about it. I always see it on Netflix and I I always pass it. Or someone, I think uh, you or mom or someone in our family has recommended this to me. And because I know what it's about, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, in part yep. because I don't <laughs> doubt that it's really good. I just don't have any interest. And I almost feel like our list should have been called like the Schindler list list. because <laughs> Schindler's list list. Because I think, I think pretty much anyone who's ever seen Schindler's list could put that movie on mm. this list. Um, it's not on my top five, but it's it should be like the overall sort of theme of the uh, yeah. But yeah, the Holocaust. Uh, of course, any film that depicts the Holocaust in any kind of like um, true to life way, it, you mm-hmm. know, that's going to be something that you don't probably want to go back to experience again and again. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, just so that's your number one. That's my number one. Just right. in, yeah. My number one is kind of a cheat in that <laughs> I actually have never seen this whole film. Um, okay. And that is because I'm too scared to <laughs> too scared and too creeped out to watch it. And that is the Silence of the Lambs. Um, oh. <laughs> so I was 11 when this film was released in 1991. It's an American psychological horror film directed by Jonathan Demme. Uh, it stars um, Jodie Foster and uh, oh, uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. So um, over the years, I had seen a lot of clips of this film. Uh, I think I watched the Oscars the year that Anthony Hopkins was nominated for the role. His role, he plays... Uh, a uh, 
Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who is a psychiatrist and cannibal. <laughs> so um, he won. I think he won either best actor or best supporting actor for that. Um, so I remember seeing clips of it at the Oscars. I remember hearing people talk about it. I know there are sort of memes that revolve around this uh, film. There's famous lines from this film that I'm familiar with. Well, okay. So when I was about, so this came out when I, when I was 11, I think probably five or six years later, it was on TV, network TV, like not cable TV, like network TV, where there were commercials and there were, you know, bleeps over the curse words and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Right. And I watched about 40 minutes of it and um, with commercial breaks and everything. And I found Dr. Hannibal Lecter, played by Anthony Hopkins, to be such an embodiment of evil. Like, mm. it still creeps the heck out of me and makes me feel like if I even see just a clip of that film, I get the, I get squirmy. Like, I just don't I get the heebie jeebies. I don't want anything to do with this movie. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. But and maybe it's just a tribute to how great of an actor he is, because I've seen him in many other. This is a guy who played C.S. Lewis. Right. And he did an amazing job playing C.S. Lewis. Uh, I love him as C.S. I want to hug him as C.S. Lewis and I want to stay the heck away from Hannibal Lecter. Um, so that's uh, just a tribute to how great of an actor he is. But um, he's just this really. Yeah. Something about it. Just the evil that is depicted in that film. And um and the pleasure that his character takes in evil, I think, is what really, mm-hmm. really creeps me out. And I I just have never been able so I, I don't I have not watched it from start to finish. I've never watched it unedited. I never will. I I've had enough of it. That forty minutes <laughs> on network TV <laughs> when I was like sixteen fifteen or sixteen, that was plenty. <sighs> I have no interest in going back to it. So yeah, I that's would, my number yeah, one The Silence of the Lambs. I, I don't think I've ever I've ever seen it myself. So, I, and and I like I scary movies. Have... Like I'm not I you know you know I like scary movies. I'm not. Yeah. I, it's not like I don't like to be scared. I do, but that's something yeah. different. I too have no desire to to see it. Um, I I'm only gonna mention one honorable mention so we can get into our other topic of discussion. I know you don't have an honorable mention. So I'm gonna just pick my number one honorable mention instead of the two that I have. And that would be the Joker. Or not the Joker, just Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, so now, yeah, go ahead. I know you've not ever seen it. I know. <laughs> because you've never been in the headspace to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched it in the movie theater. And it's... For, the, for people who haven't seen it, it's about how Joker became the... How Joker became the Joker. Um, it is basically, and I think there's actually a second one coming out with Joaquin Phoenix in it. I've, I've heard little things about that. And it, it, he is a mentally troubled stand-up comedian embarks on a downward spiral that leads to the creation of an iconic villain. And there are parts in this movie where when he gets nervous or upset in any way, shape or form, he will just start laughing 
Um, and he actually there's there's one part that that really just kind of stuck with me and it still kind of gets me. Um, he's on a train and people are like talking around him and and he gets nervous, like his anxiety comes up and he just starts chuckling. And so people just keep watching him and he ends up handing a card that says, I have this mental disorder, um, just excuse it. But it's just the way that people respond to him that even his own mother in the sense saying that um, Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Batman's father was his father. And it's just a spiral. It's a spiraling effect that leads him to become Joker in the sense of he is just this villain that feeds on I I I don't want to say fear um because that's not what Joker is at all it's literally his journey of thinking life is one way and it not being that way at all I mean there were so many twists and turns I still I still think you should watch this movie um you do have to be in the right headspace for it. I will say that 100%. And it did leave me feeling mentally drained. But Joaquin Phoenix does such a phenomenal job that watching it was kind of worth it. Yeah, I mean, that would be the main reason I would want to see it, I think, is just to see his performance because I have heard so much about it. Uh, over the last few years since the film was released. But again, it's one that I, I'm like, I'm not sure. I, I do have to be in the right headspace for it. And I'm not sure the payoff is going to be worth <laughs> the pain of of living through that, you know? <sighs> That's true. Which is a good segue to the movie that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, after this break, uh, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to have a quick discussion because we've gone on long with this list, longer than I expected. Um, yes. But we're going to talk about the black phone. I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. What's new? The flyer. The paper's calling the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Oh! <laughs> you goof. Well, isn't that just peachy, King? You need some help? You see that? <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? I have an announcement. All right, welcome back, everyone. Um, this movie. <laughs> Ooh, um, it is number one. Ethan Hawke is unrecognizable in this movie. I did not realize it was him until. Well, um, I st- he I, he's in a mask most of the time, right? Yeah, he's in a mask. If he's not, if it's not a full mask, it just covers either his <laughs> mouth or his 
or his eyes. It's one or the other. Um, And so it's a horror thriller. The synopsis is, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victim. Um, It's based in what what 198 the 1970s or 80s something like that yeah um, i think in the in yeah Colorado. i think it's 70s or 80s yeah i think it was uh, 70 i think it was the 70s yeah in 70s? colorado okay. denver yep um and so it so the tie-in right from the top i'll say the tie-in with the list what made me think of the list uh that we discussed in the first segment was uh this is a movie I never want to see again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly how I felt. It, I mean, it's not all terrible. Like, it's not... Uh, and I don't know if this is spoiler or not. I, wa- I guess I should say I wasn't... When it was over, I wasn't left feeling completely just like, what the heck did I just watch? Like... Why did I watch this? It did have some type of, I guess, quote unquote, happy ending and hope at the end. Um, But it it was so. It is something that I will never watch again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was. So it's it was kind of just horrific. And and I don't mean that like the performances are fine. Uh, I do agree with you that. Even though, you know, his face is covered, so um, you might not know, unless you knew going in that Ethan Hawke was the star, you know, that was the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Then you might not know it's him, because, yeah, he wears, he wears, like, several partial masks. Like, he, he has one that covers his whole face, then he has one that covers the lower half of his face, then he has one that covers the upper half of his face, and so he's constantly kind of changing from mask to mask, and... um I mean, I think you could summarize this movie by going, this is a movie about a dude who kidnaps young boys and locks them in his uh, in his basement where he tortures them and does other maybe terrible things that we didn't actually see that are alluded to. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you don't want to spend a lot of time with that guy. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. not, like not something that you want to spend a lot of time with. And. I watched it, uh, our, our older brother, Dave, uh, he recommended it and he had the couple of things that he had said about it was that the, um, the, uh, they're, they're kind of a brother sister pair that, um, that are kind of at the heart of this story. So Ethan Hawke is the villain, but, um, but the characters Finney and his sister Gwen, uh, oh, yeah. So Finney is played by Mason Thames and um, and then Gwen is played by Madeline McGraw. And so, uh, you know, Dave had said, man, her her performance in particular was just amazing. And I totally oh, agree. For sure. She 100%. was. There's a scene in this where she is uh, angry with her. Uh, fa- is it her father? I think she's. Yes. yes. She's angry at her father. And for good, very, very good reason. And, um, and man, what a performance like her, she's uh, furious and it feel, you can feel the, 
ferocity in her performance. Mm-hmm. Like she's, yep. she is angry. She's sad. She's heartbroken by this person who is supposed to be a father, but is not. And um, it was, so she's fantastic. Uh, Mason Thames, who plays Finney, the boy who is captured by the Ethan Hoff character. He's, his performance is very, very good. Um, so there's, there's, and, and Ethan Hawk himself, who I actually am a fan of. I like Ethan Hawk. Um, but man, the headspace he must have had to get into to oh play this character. Uh, this is a real sicko. Um, we don't, <clears throat> there's no depiction of sexual violence in this film, but it's kind of implied, I think. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I, they always kind of like approached it and then kind of backed away from it a bit yeah. in a way that I was like, oh, this just feels, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of that just because I was like, I don't know. It just felt again, kind of like with funny games, like we talked about on the list. Yes. Like, I literally, this am is I, exactly. Am I being entertained by this? Like I, I just felt, sick to my stomach while watching this. And I was like, I'm determined to find out if this boy is going to be okay. So I'm going to watch it because I want to make sure he's okay. And I was, um, and I wanted to make sure the sister was okay. Uh, But man, I just was like, I, it's a, you know, I think playing a villain sometimes would be kind of fun because you get to kind of ham it up, kind of go over the talk over the top but even hawk in this i mean he plays like a very sadistic very just (laughs) terrible awful evil person and so um yeah so i don't know there's and there's you know there's a couple of uh, kind of twists that i didn't kind of expect in this that um they don't add a whole lot to the story but there's they're there and they kind of um but but you know it's it it is one that I think, um, like you know, is, is is as a film, it's done fairly well. But as, oh yeah, is it one that I ever want to watch again, or one that I would even recommend to others? Probably not. Like, I can say I came away from this going like, well, this Madeline McGraw actress, this this young girl, like she's somebody that if I I'll see her in other films and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's that girl, and man, she's a great actress. But I don't know. But yeah, this is a really, this is a really dark movie. So, yeah, what would you rate it on a scale? Um, I, uh, it's hard just because I felt um just so torn as I was watching. I was like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. But <laughs> but also, I have to see if these kids are okay and like what happens. Um, I would probably give it like a seven a seven probably or seven and a half maybe because yeah. i do think a lot of the performances are very good ethan Hawke does a, a great job playing this kind of sadistic character um for as much as we can for as much as he can act behind a mask because we don't get to see his face a whole lot it's a lot of yeah. voice acting actually and he mm-hmm. i think if you think of it as voice acting it's a really good performance because voice acting and his eyes like he's acting yeah, a lot yeah. with his eyes yeah so, um, and with his body, cause there's kind of a menacing, I don't know if he bulked up for this, but there are a couple scenes where he is again, where they, you know, they're kind of alluding to the sexual violence side of this thing, which we don't ever see depicted. It's never explicitly stated that this is, if there, that there's actually any kind of sexual nature to this, but 
I don't know. They kind of hint at it. And there's the scene where he is kind of trying to lure the the Finny character up into the house, Uh right, from the basement. And um, he is sitting at the top of the stairs with a mask on but with no shirt on. And he just looks um, very menacing, very, like, very, uh, like, bulky, strong, like, and just awful (laughs) you know so yes but yeah i would probably give it all the things yeah i would probably give it a seven i don't uh like i said i I don't want to watch it again i probably won't recommend this to anybody um but uh but yeah i don't know yeah again it was it was kind of i i would be the same way i don't think i would recommend it to anyone maybe as a you're cleaning the house and you want something on in the background but there's so many other things that you can choose i mean literally anything that would be i wouldn't even do that like i don't want that to be (laughs) like no honestly i would i would not recommend this while this kid gets tortured in the basement okay (laughs) i would not recommend this to anyone uh i would give it the same seven seven and a half yeah just because the performances really held it together even though it was I will say there's a super, super dark. There, there's an interesting supernatural element to this, which, you know, it could be on the surface just a kidnapping and basement torture film, right? which is pretty <laughs> awful. But 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 there's a supernatural element. Uh, you read the description. So there's a phone in the basement and it mm-hmm. rings. It's not connected to any lines. They make a point of showing us that it's not connected to any kind of real phone line. But it rings, and it um, it's the um, these past victims of this terrible character. The, they call him the Grabber in the in the film. The, so his past victims are reaching out to try to help uh, the Finney character. So, mm-hmm. um, and some of them are doing it out of sympathy for Finney. Some of them are doing it out of vengeance towards the Ethan Hawke character, but they all are trying to call this boy and, and help him escape the situation. Um, Some of them want him to escape. Some of them want him to, to get revenge on the Ethan Hawke character. So, um, so there's that supernatural element. And then the sister, uh, Gwen also, uh, sees visions and apparently they kind of allude to the fact that her mom may have seen visions as well and it's yeah. kind of what has driven the father to drinking and alcoholism I guess and um, the mother I think they kind of imply the mother has maybe committed suicide um, because of these visions that she's seen and now the daughter is starting to see visions and she is uh, so she starts to see visions of what has happened to her brother as well um, so that's there's that supernatural side of it. And then she prays. There's several scenes or not several, but maybe a few scenes where she um, is praying uh, for help. And um, so you're kind of left to go like, OK, did so sh- there, there is some spiritual nature to what's happening here. Yeah. And so it, it kind of walks that line a little bit. And I I did appreciate that element included in it just because. It made it something. It, it kind of gave it a unique touch that I don't think you see in a whole lot of mm-hmm. this type this type of film. But yeah, I agree with I agree with all that. It's 
It was kind of a hot mess express, but again, like I said, it didn't leave me with the menacing hopelessness (laughs) and all that junk. Right. Um, Do you have any recommendations? I Um, have a couple, so. Well, I'll make it super quick because I mentioned this last week, but we have to talk about reservation dogs at some point. Yes, that's um, uh, on my list of things to watch. Yeah, I uh, so we've been watching season one of Reservation Dogs uh, over the past week, and um, we are just I just love it so much. I you know I loved the bear that was <laughs> we talked about how much I love that. Yes, and Reservation Dogs it's right up there with the bear as far as okay. Okay. it hits all the notes. It hits everything I love. It reminds me so much of. Uh, one of my favorite shows ever uh, when I was a kid and still today, Northern Exposure. Um, I love how it includes um, the sort of the, um, uh, I don't know, the spirituality of uh, the the native characters that are portrayed. Oh, okay. And um, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of surrealistic uh elements to the show and so anyway i really appreciate that along with the comedy the the kids that star in it are just amazing and so reservation dogs uh it's on fx i think or no it's on hulu if you have hulu streaming and i think it's an fx show but um, i might be yeah, wrong about I'm that i'm pretty sure it's fx the other one that is back on uh this week um netflix released season three of never have i ever and mm-hmm. I just love that show so much. The writing, uh, it's a Mindy Kaling is one of the writers and creators of the show. And uh, her writing ability, her joke writing ability just shines through. Like, it's just a funny show. It's different. The tone of it is so much better than most of those teen drama comedy romance things that those shows that come out you know like that are that are pretty bad most of the time this is different Uh this is it's so good it's so funny i love it and my wife loves it so that's good because we get to watch it together but so never have i ever so those are my two recommendations things i've been watching this past week but yeah we definitely need to talk about reservation dogs sometime okay well it's on it's on my top list of things to watch so i will get on on that boat um i have two movies um that i'm going to recommend the first movie is just a happy-go-lucky um (laughs) it's really the only reason that I clicked on it, it's on Paramount Plus. The only reason that I clicked on it is because of Walker Scobell, the young Adam from the Adam Project. Um, okay, he's yeah. in it. He plays Charlie and then Owen Wilson. <laughs> and it's called Secret Headquarters. And Owen Wilson is oh, yeah. okay. a superhero. Yeah. He's called the guard. Um, and it is, it is super, super funny. It's PG. It's clean. I mean, it's got little teenager kid humor. Um, just, it's funny. It, it's wholesome and all of that. And Walker Scobell, he is just a phenomenal young actor. And I love everything about his acting capabilities and whatnot. Um, so that's number one. The second one is something that I just started earlier today. I have about uh, maybe 45, 30, 45 minutes left. 
and it is on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, and it's called Day Shift. Um, okay. And it stars Jamie Foxx, a hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted eight-year-old daughter. Um, his mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. Um, it's got Jamie Foxx. It's got Dave Franco. Um, it, it's just Snoop Dogg's in it. And it's really... It's both funny and serious all at the same time, but it's all about basically vampire slaying. And so far, it's it's kept me captivated. So those are my two recommendations. Um, I also started watching Indian Matchmaking on Netflix as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which has been kind of fun to watch, but it's not something that I'm taking super seriously. <laughs> so, yes, those would be those would be my top two recommendations. With the Indian matchmaking sprinkled on the side. All right. Well, so, are we ready to take it home? Let's land this plane. Let's dock the ship. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, make sure to comment, share, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the things um, that can get this boosted and bigger and better than ever including you Aaron you share and all that stuff as well because <laughs> we can't ask other people to do it if you're not going to do it I'm do sharing uh, I'm sharing <laughs> consistently yeah that's the working key on word it. there working on it um Anyways, had to take off just for a minute, had to taxi for a second. Um, you can always email us at I'm trying to like it at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash trying to like it. We also have a website that you can go to. Trying to like it.com. Um, and get all the things you can listen to podcast episodes on there and contact us through there and all that stuff as well. So as always, stay safe out there. It is raining hardcore here now. I think that weather finally left Carthage. Um, it's cooling down. Fall, come sooner. Um, as always, s- keep washing your hands. <laughs> Don't worry about the mask. Keep washing your hands out there. Because there's a lot of germs. And school's starting up next week. When you guys hear this... It will be Friday. School will be starting on Monday. So tell your children, wash your hands and sneeze in the crook of your arm and then wash your arm. Um, Sneeze in a tissue as well. Just trying to keep everybody safe out there. Uh, As always, thanks for listening to I'm Trying to Like It. I'm trying to like it.